You're listening to Glowing Older, the podcast that goes deep with the iconoclasts shaping senior living. Thank you to our season one sponsor, Body Bliss, Intentional Aromatherapy, your partner in wellness. Hello and welcome to the Glowing Older podcast, where we interview experts on the topic of innovative senior living. I'm Nancy Griffin with Contento Marketing, and I'm so pleased to be here today for our very first episode featuring Glenn Colarossi, the Executive Director of Atria Senior Living in Stamford, Connecticut. Glenn is also the CEO of Colarossi's Spa and Health Club Consulting, a business he has run for nearly three decades. Glenn is an icon in the fitness and wellness industry, so it is such an honor to have him with us today. Welcome, Glenn. Nancy, thank you. I'm delighted to be here. That's just a, a nice welcoming intro. Um. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I wanted to start before we dig, dig into the details of the senior living industry, which we all know is very layered and complex. Um, I wanted to uh, have you tell our listeners a little bit about your background in fitness and wellness and how you got into senior living. All right. It might, might take a little while since it's, it's been quite a long time, as you mentioned. Uh, at first, I, you know, I love this, this, this platform being a podcast because I've been told uh, I have a, a perfect face for radio, so this is great. So <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I guess I won't do stand-up either. But anyway, I'm a 25-year veteran of the health and wellness space, as you've mentioned. I have a master's degree in exercise physiology, and I did some postgraduate work at the University of Physical Culture in Moscow. Um, I've been an owner, operator, consultant to some of the best health clubs and spas in the world. Some of my notable clubs that I've owned included the Downtown Athletic Club in Miami, uh, the Landmark Athletic Club in Stanford, Connecticut, Age Fit in Stanford, Connecticut as well. In terms of concept development, I was engaged by Starwood Hotels to assist in the development of the Weston Workout, which is their branded fitness concept in every Weston hotel. Subsequently, I developed fitness brand standards for the Fairmont Hotels and Resorts, Miraval, which I know you're very friendly with, Michael, um, TDIC, which is the Tourism Development Investment Corporation in Abu Dhabi, and the Intercontinental Hotel Group. But other clients in hospitality include Four Seasons, Mandarin Oriental, W, St. Regis, Fairmont, Luxury Collection, the Plaza Hotel, and Frete, just to name a few. Um, I've served on the Connecticut Governor's Council here on fitness, and I was an advisory board member for ICA, which is the International Council on Active Aging, ACE, which is the American Council on Exercise, the ACSM, which is the American College of Sports Medicine Health Fitness Journal, and the Kaiser Institute on Aging. I've presented at events around the world from the International Hotel Show, both in Rome and Venice, the NYU Hotel Real Estate Investment Conference, URSA Club Industry, U.S. Real Estate Opportunity and Private Fund Investing Forum, and we did a mini conference for the White House Conference on Aging. Uh, as you know, I've been quoted extensively by the trade publications, and well as New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. I'm the former president of hospitality for Cybex International, which is a world-class fitness equipment brand. And I'm currently the executive director for Stanford Atria, as you mentioned, which is a 168-unit luxury-assisted living community. And I found myself having been involved on, on both the equipment and club side of things, um, getting a recruiting call and uh, for assisted living. And I, I asked the, the recruiter why or what 
triggered her to call me and she said, there's a lot of similarities, obviously in physical plant with owning and operating clubs, you know, you're dealing with repairs and HVAC and plumbing and et cetera, which is, you know, very similar. Also the sales, the customer service, uh, retention to a, a lesser degree because attrition in assisted living is difficult to control as you might imagine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, but, but the sales customer service from a hospitality perspective being, in the hospitality side of business for so long was very intriguing to them as well. And fortunately it's worked out, you know, well for both of us, both of us, because, you know, I can bring all those skills to the table and a fresh eye and perspective on wellness, which not all the operators in the space uh, have a focus on at this point and why this podcast is timely. Yes. And you had mentioned um, Michael Tompkins, who was formerly the uh, CEO of Miraval Resorts, who, is now with Hutchinson Consulting, a leading recruiting firm in hospitality and wellness. And he is seeing a trend towards some of the best and the brightest seasoned senior executives heading over to senior living. So what initially attracted to you, you to the senior living sector and, and what skill sets did you find were applicable? To be completely honest, my first visit was challenging is the right word because being in the club space I was always around people you know healthy people for the most part of those you know wishing to be healthy and it was a young vibrant crowd although the 55 plus market was you know growing extremely fast um, so there was a little bit of a, an uncomfortableness around an aging population that had so many issues health issues to deal with um, so that was a little bit of a challenge from my perspective. Um, but once you get to know them and, and listen to their stories, they're so warm and, and they just, you know, they love being around people. They appreciate everything more because, you know, they're in the twilight of their career, if you will. And, you know, they don't let certain things bother them. So it, it was great to be around them. And uh, I really enjoy it now. And I feel I made the right decision. But the skill set in, in sales, customer service, um, supervising, you know, building operations, uh, budgeting, ROI, you know, having complete P&L responsibility as an owner and operator of clubs, um, you know, the corporate office or the support office, as they like to call them, um, you know, can really appreciate that because it makes the regional jobs a lot easier when someone has that skill set as an owner operator, looking at where the money's going, treating it as if it was their own and, and leveraging my customer and hospitality experience, which they're starting to learn, but I think um, they have a long way to go in terms of, you know, offering a, you know, Four Seasons, Risk Carlton, Mandarin Oriental, you know, level of service. Right. So, uh, what are um, what are some of the wellness and hospitality trends you're seeing? I just was at the uh, Leading Age Conference uh, last fall in San Diego, and I saw the word wellness everywhere. It was <laughs> the buzzword. So. What are some of the trends? Well, you know, we're living longer, uh, but that's the good news, right? But now how can we live better? And I think that's where the wellness terms are constantly being used and somewhat overused. But, you know, thanks to science, technology, education, and prosperity, we're living longer than ever. But we just don't want to live more years. We want to live better years. So that's the good news. We're learning how to do that, you know, thanks again to science. And studies show... Uh, that a surprising 70% of how we age is determined by our lifestyle choices, and it's never too late to start making smarter ones. So hospitality, 
um, senior living is starting to offer those choices and, and make them available. However, you know, the word itself, senior, um, includes a lot of people. I mean, right, according to Medicare, a senior is somebody who's 65 years old or older, uh, but Social Security starts at 62. There's adult uh, active communities that start at 55. So I've been in assisted living communities where the average age is 87. And right now, life expectancy in the US is 78. Um, so it, delivering fitness to that crowd is, is a bit more challenging than let's say 55 plus. So when we talk about seniors, it's, it's a broad category, but the yeah. market is, is obviously, you know, it's a very hot market and people are finally paying attention to it. I think first and foremost, the mindset is changing. It wasn't very long ago that although everyone knew the size and wealth of the market, it wasn't very sexy. People didn't, want to with, <laughs> yeah. right? People didn't want to work with seniors, uh, but that's changed. So, and even an individual's mindset, like my own. I mean, growing up involved in fitness, I was a former collegiate gymnast. You know, you worked out every day. And then in graduate school, you start learning about, you know, how much muscle and strength I would lose every year after the age of 30. It was, it was horrifying. But don't believe what you read, right? The, the literature and the studies change all the time. And, you know, that may be true if you don't do anything about it, but I can say now at my age, you know, I can lift certain lifts more weight than I did when I was 30. So from a personal perspective, I don't listen to that. And I know it's unique to everybody and you can make changes and you don't have to listen to the rhetoric or the, or the, the messages that are being sent to seniors. You can just change it. Uh, as for the industry, that there's a lot going on, as you well know, and we can, you know, start from the basics and go on to the more advanced, but, you know, wearable fitness technology, um, wearable clothes, companies like Axos, um, but this is popular with the younger generations too. You know, wearable technology has exploded in the past few years from Fitbits, the Bella Beats, uh, the technology, as you know, looks like either a sleep bracelet or a pendant, which you wear to track your health stats, like steps taken in a day, heart rate, et cetera. It's even on your phones. I mean, it's everywhere today. Um, for the younger 55 plus crowd, the commercial fitness programs in gyms, there's more and more senior classes than ever before. I just wish they would change that name so it's a bit more attractive because people in the classes don't want to be considered seniors. So even from a marketing and how we approach and promote these classes, that needs a lot of work as well. Um, outdoor exercise. Outdoor exercise is trending big time with 65 plus crowd from outdoor yoga to hiking and most recently spreading across the world are these senior wellness playgrounds. You know, why hit the gym if you can go outside and play on a customized playground engineered for older generations. These have been around. I don't know if you've been to the, you know, the Far East and Asia. They've been around forever there and they're finally coming around and making themselves uh, uh, more predominantly available here in the U.S. Um, and you know they're also from a social cognitive aspect that play plays a great role, participating in these uh, playgrounds. Bunk yeah, play. and you had mentioned uh, uh, the outside that is probably going to be even more important given the pandemic we're currently in and social distancing, et cetera. Uh, so do do you see things changing as uh, in terms of programming as we as we come out of this? 
absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, we can jump into that uh, a little bit later, but I just wanted to go over a few other um, sure. trends. Obviously, functional fitness is still very popular balance class, you know, cognitive stimulation classes, meditation, et cetera. But we're seeing a lot in terms of supplements, you know, they're trending well. Uh, there's a new plant-based um, adult nutrition beverage that's kind of given on, you know, ensure and boost the run for their money. Um, one thing that I thought was very cool, and I don't know if it was at the, the seminar, the um, conference you just went to, but are you familiar with LQ? Uh, no. E-L-L-I-Q. Okay. Um, it's an it's a elegant digital companion helping older individuals live independently longer. It was created by wow. the yeah, Intuition Robotics. So it's a faceless robot, you know, radically differs from the, you know, cutesy devices. It's not meant to infantilize its user. They're there to respectfully assist without serving as an emotional crutch. So I think this whole robot um, technology will play an increasing role. See, you know, with Alexa, you have to ask a question where LAQ is, is a bit more, has emotional intelligence as well and can initiate conversations and keep them alert. And it, it, it lights up when it talks and it moves around, the head rolls around. So it's, I really, it, it'll be interesting to see how that, how that evolves. Um, as you know, and I've read some of your stories that you've written in the past that, you know, multi-generational communities, you know, those are really trending. Um, it's no secret that Atria, who I work now, is partnering with Related, um, and Related is a, a very progressive um, real estate developer, and they also own Equinox and SoulCycle and everything. So it'll be really exciting to see how that how that plays out. But those multi generational communities with all ages provides programming, you know, to accommodate the varied needs of the ages, and it's just great having the grandkids and children close to their to their parents and it's it's a win for everybody involved um one thing that that i see is a big trend um and it'll be interesting to see well you, you're familiar with the villages correct yes they're probably correct me if i'm wrong but it has to be one of the largest populations of seniors or active adults in the united states yes they're uh, they're developing a uh HBOT, um, hyperbaric oxygen therapies facility. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, well, I'm familiar with the therapy, not the villages that they're doing that. That's amazing. So yeah, I mean, HBOT has been a, you know, it cures a plethora of, of diseases and maladies. You know, first started out years ago. It's been around for a long time. It started 60 years ago, um, primarily to help heal wounds and also to combat, you know, diving accidents when you went too deep or rose too quickly, you know, getting those air bubbles in the blood. Um, but there's been recent research that's coming out of um, Israel um, and Dr. Afradi that this this theory that although the brain consumes what 20% of the oxygen we use, uh, we're only utilizing up to 10% of our brain. And his theory is that the oxygen is the limiting factor. So using these hyperbaric treatments, adding more, getting more pure oxygen to the brain will help us utilize the brain function better and also help with cognitive issues. So I'm really interested to see how that plays out because of the villages invested in, I think it's a 30,000 square foot facility. So that, wow. that, that's very exciting. So more to come on that. 
Yeah, I mean, that that comes in along the lines of the um, salt therapy and um, IV yeah. therapy and some of the things that we're seeing in the spa industry. Correct. Uh, so um, any other trends that you want to talk about before we get into uh, kind of the new normal? <laughs> Jeez, I thought I threw a few out there for you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I know. I'm thinking to myself. Hmm, I think it's time to write another trend report. <laughs> I've got great quotes already. There you go. So, um, so how, how have things changed? I know uh, we don't want to talk too specifically uh, given, given the sensitivity of the time we're in, but um, how do you think things will, will look different? Uh, well, once the pandemic has passed, I believe some of the lessons we have learned during the pandemic will stay with us. I imagine, you know, this may even come back in the fall or we can face other challenges in the future that will require us to stay indoors again. Um, technology will obviously be at the forefront and we can chat more about that uh, later. However, during the pandemic, you know, we would bring large carts with, you know, large screen 50 inch TVs to show programming to individuals as well as to use to connect them with family members, you know, staying away from the small screen or a phone or a tablet or, you know, because those small devices would require us to go into the rooms and we're also keeping away from that. Um, but also, you know, keeping with low tech, dialing a phone number for conference calls during which, you know, books are read or lectures are provided. Again, focusing on connecting and, and cognitive fitness, all important components of wellness. Um, I think we've learned a lot about design which will play a significant role. I mean, yeah. we're, in, we're in a high rise currently, and I think some high rises, the floors designed in a square with the elevators in the middle are very challenging for, you know, trying to provide classes in hallways because uh, you can't see many of the residents. Um, and also trying mm -hmm. to keep them healthy where, you know, we would deliver PTs and OT therapists that were COVID screened and tested to continue to provide, you know, those... Um, custom services or tailored services to the to the individual and you know I'm all for human touch because uh, that's such a large component but obviously this is the new normal but I feel senior living can still learn a lot from hospitality even the basics like an in-room channel um, you know to post the daily activities to personalize classes based on the individual's needs you know live communication with the staff and residents for emergencies or just keeping them abreast of things so we've learned a lot from that. And again, taking a page from hospitality, after I developed the Western workout for Starwood Hotels, um, I worked on fitness brand standards for other flags, during which there was a large emphasis on in-room solutions. Yes. And you know whether they were partnerships with Peloton or Hilton's Five Feet to Fitness, I think this is gonna play a larger role moving forward. Obviously facing the additional challenges of a trip hazard, fall risk, et cetera, but I really see that as, as coming through loud and clear. Um, wellness technology, digital medicine will become even more important, uh, providing, you know, given social distancing that's coming into play now. But one thing I thought was interesting that one community was doing is they had these micro farms. And you know, well, how does that, interact or relate to fitness but it's just the interaction of them seeing these fully contained units you know with no chemicals no soil uh it's you know follows all the usda natural organic rules and regulations growing within the community in these self-contained environments that they will actually you know take to the table you know farm to table type uh, activities but 
just gives them more of a sense of, of well-being by caring for these plants and watching them grow. So I thought that was interesting just to throw in. Oh, I love that. And, and it's so, especially when you're talking about high rises, there have to be ways to keep the connection with nature, especially since so much of what we're talking about is technology based. Absolutely. I, you know, I remember when I was in at graduate school at Cornell, I was fascinated with the, um, the gaming industry, not because I, I liked gaming at all, but because of the technology they were using at the time. This was the, um, the early 90s, uh, you know, giving a, a smartphone they, before there was even a smartphone to the high rollers, et cetera. Uh, and we know that this wellness technology and digital medicine is going to become even more and more important now, given social distancing um, and, and the, the growing uh, possibility of this, this pandemic continuing on. So I am um, gerontologist Ken Dykewald. PhD refers to what he calls a digital divide in senior living. Uh, the statistics he gave were um, right now the silent generation, the generation before baby boomers, that only 62% of them right now have internet and 28% have social media. So given um, the growing importance of this, how do, you, how do you see us bridging this gap? What's, what may some of the solutions be? It's a, it's a complex question, um, but it's a good question. But when you look at that 62% that have internet, I bet there's a financial or wealth issue there too. So that's uh, yes. 62%, you know, maybe 62% of the, you know, the wealthiest of, of that category, which would be the target market for senior living. So they probably are more, more tech savvy and have access to the internet. But yep. having said that, um, and I think that's going to play, which we can talk about later or in another podcast, you know, money and, and the divide between the ability to get wellness services. Again, I don't want to go on to a different subject, but we can chat about that later. But specifically to that question, you know, necessity is, is the mother of invention. You know, the demand for this will create new tech, which focuses more on simplicity. You know, yes. we went over some of the delivery methods in the last segment. However, again, the in-room channel will help greatly. Uh, when this pandemic started, I saw a surge in family visits, you know, getting mom, dad, grandma, grandpa set up on, on multiple forms of communications from, you know, screens, computers, cell phones, Nest, you know, the cameras you can see and speak to as well. Uh, and it really depends on the aging cognitive ability as well. Like I mentioned, uh, you know, an average age of 87 in some communities, uh, it's going to be a bit more challenging to communicate and work with, uh, with those individuals, especially with acute dementia and other challenges. Um, right. But again, I think, as you mentioned, the 62%, those are probably the ones we're targeting. So they do have the internet and, you know, some form or component of social uh, media. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's it's interesting that you mentioned uh, the, the, the divide in, in wealth, <laughs> because uh, that was one of my trends in the last report that I wrote. And um, I, I think it's it's actually a great way to wrap up on on the future of the industry because I, I think a lot of the things that I'm talking about in wellness and hospitality are only for uh, for the wealthy. Unfortunately, that's what I'm hearing. Yes, and it also, in my opinion, I lost my dad two years ago, and I loved my dad. So this may sound cruel, but it was it was a blessing when he passed because. His quality of life was so poor 
yet you know they they wanted to keep him alive for so long and at all costs but but why it's to to watch another episode of the price is right and not remembering i just you know there's a lot of money in growing old and aging and, and keeping them alive uh so it's big business uh but i think you know we'll have to address at one point you know the quality of life and, and you know what we what choices we will have to make and you know can the world accommodate everybody living you know to 90 and 100 uh, there's a lot of resources involved in doing that um, but you know as you said going into any final thoughts on, on the future of the industry it's 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 very exciting for me I, I just think it's an exciting time I'm I'm excited about the science of aging and the breakthroughs they're making even with HBOT, as we discussed earlier, and Dr. Afradi's, you know, work on oxygen and, you know, telomeres, the research going into that and reversitrol, which will lead to supplementation, um, you know, perennial plant-based drink giving Insure a run for the money. So I think supplementation will grow. The Eloquue, you know, watching how robots and, and virtual companies, you know, grow and advance in this field. You look at companies like, you know, Delos, I'm sure you're familiar with, but- yes. You know, they spend years collaborating with doctors and researchers to design strategies that are a curated offering based on extensive medical evidence that provide optimal conditions for health and well-being. So advancement of the in-room solutions that, you know, we touched upon, you know, in the future evolution of products like Tonal or the Mira, you know, which will play a great role, I think. You know, technology, as you mentioned, when baby boomers like us start to come in mass to the market, you know, they'll demand it. They grew up with technology. Um, you know, the development, I think you even wrote about of senior living more from a care-based model to a wellness, you know, yes. so wellness model with care, um, a greater focus on hospitality and creating a curated customer experience. You mentioned, it's funny, you mentioned um, casinos or Las Vegas a moment ago, but they spend a lot of money on addiction, you know, how to get people addicted to certain things. And there's a lot of research in that and like apps like TikTok and some of the things that people just stare at for hours on end, they're highly addictive and they have experts that deal in those issues. So when will we reach out to those people for fitness, <laughs> you know, to yes. get that positive addiction and, you know, keep us going on that. So, uh, you know, once COVID came, people were talking about, oh, this is the end of so many things. Yet I was thinking this is the start of so many new things. I think these are truly exciting times. I mean, where there's challenge, there's opportunity. And, and I, for one, am very excited. Well, I can definitely tell why I picked you for my very first episode of <laughs> Glowing Older, because not only do you have this depth of experience, but you also have an amazing passion and enthusiasm that we really need in this industry. It's been siloed for so long. And even I'm hearing you talk about uh, about wellness and even something as simple as uh, the gardens, the micro gardens you were talking yeah. about, getting that food actually um, on the menus when we have an institutional type of, of food set up, uh, in, in that in of itself is, is something that's difficult to overcome, correct? Absolutely. Nancy, is that a nice way to say I, I like to talk a lot? <laughs> I love your passion because I, I'm passionate about senior living too. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I do it for selfish reasons. I think I'm going to be there a lot earlier than you are. Oh, well, I uh, thank you so much for being with us today. And I look forward to our follow-up podcast about uh, more specifics. I'd love to help any way I can, Nancy. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
You've been listening to the Glowing Older Podcast.